This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast on this May the 3rd, 2022. I'm your host, Marquis Vandemark. Thanks for joining us today. We got a little bit of cloud cover this morning. The temperatures are quite mild, 72 or so this afternoon. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed to my podcast channel, you can do that at affirmamerica.com. And if you'd like to reach me by email, it's marquise at affirmamerica.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-I-S at affirmamerica.com. Today's day's news that you can use. Some breaking news this morning. We're going to get into that right away here. Again, thanks for joining us. Our top five headlines today. Lots of breaking news today. Number five, New York Times silent on Biden's new disinformation board. The Times still hasn't even acknowledged the formation of the DHS's new Ministry of Truth. If you still regard mainstream journalism as an earnest, if left-leaning profession that seeks to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable without fear or favor, regardless of party, sect, or interests involved, that discrepancy might be confusing. But it makes sense if you realize that today America's elite legacy media essentially function as an activist extension of institutional progressivism. Its job is not to hold the powerful accountable, but to serve as the attack dogs of the most powerful players in American life. It is an enforcement arm of the socio-political hegemony of the elite left. The public relations team for the Alliance of Academia, Big Tech, the corporate HR bureaucracy, the cultural industry, and the Democratic Party. Joe Gabriel Simonson, the New York Times, which printed probably 10,000 words on Tucker Carlson this weekend, has not run anything on the DHS Disinformation Governance Board. Well, that's not really new news. We've always known that the New York Times has always been a mouthpiece for the far left, a direct mouthpiece for the Democratic Party, and for progressive liberal ideas. So the fact that they didn't mention anything about the disinformation governance board that the Biden administration just released, the truth police, the ministry of truth, then it doesn't surprise us one bit because it's so controversial, so outside the box, that they couldn't really talk about it because it's just so blatantly in our face that it's totalitarianism, it's government control, it's unconstitutional, and it's not going to go very far anyway. It would probably be end up in the Supreme Court. So the New York Times is just showing us its colors one more time. If you read the New York Times, you need to read it with rose-colored glasses. All right, headline number four, all eyes on Ohio as the Buckeye State chooses the nominees for U.S. Senate. Primary election is today, 
Rob Portman, elected first in 2010, is retiring. J.D. Vance, endorsed by Trump, holds a narrow lead in polling among GOP voters as we begin primary day. So Ohio is the first primary state. Today is Election Day, Tuesday, May the 3rd. And the Ohio race looks like it's really going to be a very interesting day, and we'll see how things shake out. Of course, J.D. Vance was uh, Donald Trump's endorsed choice, but Matt Dolan has uh, really surged here in the last couple days, and he's, uh, they seem to be neck and neck right now in that uh, both of them are really fighting it out. Uh, Gibbons has fade, faded. Jane Timkins has faded. We'll see where Josh Mandel ends up. But if you haven't voted today, make sure you get out. If you live in the great state of Ohio, make sure you get out and voice your opinion through the privilege of voting. And Ohio is going to be the first state in this primary season to kick off the midterm elections. All right. Headline number three, Putin to receive surgery for cancer will temporarily transfer power to the former security agency chief. Russian President Vladimir Putin is set to undergo cancer surgery and temporarily hand over power to a hardline former federal police officer, according to a new report. Putin will transfer control of Russia's government to Nikolai Patrushchev, head of the Russian Federal Police's Security Council, while he is incapacitated during and after the procedure. Before anyone gets their hopes up in terms of regime change, the surgery is being described as relatively minor, and Putin is only expected to be out of power for a few days. If that's the case, this may not wind up changing anything in terms of the ongoing crisis in Ukraine, but even if Putin were to be taken out for a significant amount of time, or permanently, his replacement might arguably be worse. Nikolai Petrushchev is widely considered to be an even more brutal, sadistic actor than Putin himself. So a more reasonable negotiating partner for Ukraine wouldn't be likely to emerge. So I'm sure a lot of people hoped that maybe the cancer was terminal. But again, it's, there's a long line of dictators behind Putin that would be happy to step in and continue the fight for Ukraine. Maybe some of the reasons why Putin has been so blazoned, uh, he's been so eager to attack Ukraine at this time, could be that maybe his health isn't so good and he feels that maybe this is his opportunity to leave a legacy. Who knows what's behind the thinking of this madman, Putin, who has no concern for life and only concern for his own self-interests. But today he is uh, undergoing surgery for cancer, and uh, we'll see how that shakes out. All right, headline number two, Supreme Court issues unanimous opinion in the First Amendment victory. A 9-0 to decision with three concurring opinions from the conservative justices. The Supreme Court ruled on Monday that the city of Boston violated the First Amendment by refusing to fly a local organization's Christian flag in front of City Hall, though it had flown other groups' flags. The decision in Shurtleff 
versus the city of Boston was unanimous with the court ruling that Boston could have allowed the Christian group's flag because the flags did not represent government speech. ADF's senior counsel, John Bursch, this case is about much more than displaying a Christian flag at City Hall. This is about the protection of our, of our First Amendment rights, which extend equally to all Americans without government punishment. We are pleased the Supreme Court has upheld the right of religious citizens to participate in the public square. Justice Kavanaugh, under the Constitution, a government may not treat religious persons, religious organizations, or religious speech as second class. So again, the far radical left has always wanted to take, you know, God out of the schools. That's why we removed the prayers in schools, taking down the Ten Commandments in city halls and local governments around the nation, removing our statues. And of course, uh, this is very typical of the left, that we can't fly religious flags, yet they'd be happy to let BLM fly their flags or the LGBTQ rainbow flags are fine on the front of the White House. But when it comes to a Christian flag of a local organization, well, that's, you know, unconstitutional and that can't happen. And they claim separation of church and state, which is a complete misunderstanding of what that rule was in the Constitution. doesn't mean that we can't stand up for our religious freedoms because they're protected. First Amendment rights so again, this is just typical leftist progressivism, and we're glad to see that the Supreme Court stood up, was unanimous in their First Amendment victory. All right, headline number one, Politico reports on draft opinion from Alito. Rowan Casey must be overturned. Protesters clashed outside the Supreme Court after leaked draft strikes down Roe versus Wade. Politico, the draft opinion is a full-throated, unflinching repudiation of the 1973 decision which guaranteed federal constitutional protections of abortion rights and a subsequent 1992 decision, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, that largely maintained the right. Roe was egregiously wrong from the start, Alito writes. The leak itself is unprecedented. Catherine Jean Lopez it's shocking, not that the Supreme Court would overturn Roe, but that someone would presumably leak a draft opinion, and we don't know if it is a current one, to change the ruling. Andy McCarthy, if the story is true, the court should issue its opinion right away. Otherwise, the disgraceful leak wins. I would say that if my side lost, if we lose the integrity of the court's process, we lose the court. That should be intolerable to all of us who love the country. So this is big news. This, this happened last night, all around 10 o'clock or so. And it's a, it's a big news. It's uh, probably the biggest news we'll hear in our lifetime. Roe versus Wade was uh, enacted in 1973. And it's been a battle between the political forces for the past 50 years or so. Now we're seeing a much more conservative court with the appointments of uh, Donald Trump, the three Supreme Court justices. And it's, uh, that's how it works. I mean, that's how, our, that's how our government works. It's based on the Supreme Court's decision. 
A lot of us are happy about it, that are conservative-minded, that feel abortion is not ethical, it's unconstitutional. So what's most egregious about all this is the fact that somebody had leaked this information, which is a no-no when it comes to the Supreme Court. It needs to be non-political. And the fact that somebody did this, uh, somebody's head is definitely going to roll. And it most definitely came from one of 12 people, probably the clerks. And I would guess that you could probably narrow that down to the more far left side of the aisle, Supreme Court justices. One of those clerks We'll see where this all shakes out. But I'm sure we're going to be seeing lots of protests. We're going to see lots of discussion on this. And uh, just uh, hold on to your hats. The far left, as we know, they're like little babies. They cry, they scream, they pout, they burn cities down. They riot in the streets. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of that. We're going to see a lot of crazies with pink hair running on the streets with her hair on fire. So get ready for a crazy time, a crazy town over the next weeks and months, and I'm sure before the midterms. All right, so that's your top five headlines for this Tuesday, May the 3rd, 2022. Don't forget to go out to vote if you live in the great state of Ohio. And we'll see you again tomorrow on Day's News that you can use. I'm your host, Marquise Vandermark, on the Affirm America podcast. God bless you and have a great day. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.